The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. And a great Friday night to everybody here in Chicago. Hope all is well. This is Bears All Access. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. My broadcast partner from News Radio 780, 105.9 FM, WBBM. Chicago Bears, Super Bowl winning guard, Tom Thayer. How'd that Super Bowl go for you, buddy? Oh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I had a chance to go to a charity event before, a puppy bowl kind of related deal. And got to see some of my favorite companions, which are puppies, and <laughs> as long as they all get adopted. And then, you know, you kind of watch the game with a little bit of envy after oh. we've had an opportunity to play in a game and win it, but also broadcast the game and lose it. You know exactly what each team is going through. And then, you know, you think you're going to kind of sneak through the week, and then all of a sudden I get a call from your good buddy Dave Logan in Denver that he wants me to come on to a show out there to talk about the Bears. So, I mean, this is not only a local subject, a local topic. This is a topic that everybody at the puppy event to, uh, you know, people in Denver that are should be worrying about hiring their own coaching staff are concerned about what the Bears are going to do and what they're thinking. Gosh, you just covered three topics right off the bat. But before we get into those, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio is moving the chains. will come and join us at around 610. We'll also be joined tonight. We'll hear from John Hoke, the Bears' new cornerbacks and passing game coordinator, good friend of ours, back with the organization. He was here from 2009 to 2014. He'll be back after a couple of years in Atlanta. And then we'll also be joined by Brad Spielberger. That will be fun. We'll talk finances, the business season of football from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. He'll be joining us as well coming up in the 610 hour. All right. So you picked up the baton for me, okay? Dave Logan, you know, I okay. they, did, they texted me, and I forgot to call him back. So thank oh. you for picking me up, buddy. I just remembered because you know what? I I honestly don't even want to talk about it right now because it is – we are – Hours removed from the end of this season, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, and we are on to the Bears. What did we talk about last week, Tom? Well, we said this is the center of the football universe from this day forward. What can all right, can you sit can sit there right now in that chair and you can say the Bears will definitely not trade Justin Fields because on the table because that's kind of the topic that opened the door for Denver between Chicago to open up a little bit of conversation because people that I talk to outside the bears are more concerned about the rumor mill of the bears thinking about trading Justin Fields when it seems like they finally got it in place. They got the quarterback, they got the offensive coordinator back on board. And that relationship is so important in the second year development of a quarterback that, um, it, it, it seems like it's too much of a topic of interest. I'll tell you this. I, I was on a podcast this week with Adam Johns and, and uh, Adam Hogue, and they asked me, and I said, the most significant development of the postseason, even though we've just started, is the retainment of Luke Getze and the offensive staff for Justin Fields because I don't want to see that change in. You know, there are we'll, – we'll get into it, Jim Miller, later on in the program. The number of offensive coordinator positions open, and Eric Bieniemy apparently is the new Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. But the movement at that position 
Jobs still open. I, I believe there are five offensive coordinator positions still open in this league is the most difficult thing to fill in the NFL. Yeah, it is. It depends a lot on the quarterback you have, the supporting defensive staff. You know, you look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy now going from having one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL in the short term, going into a team that has a, a low, a lower drafted quarterback that's kind of in, you know, at the front of the line right now with very little certainty. So you think about the decision where you're going with offensive coordinators. There are so many factors that come into place that you have to take into account that it's just not a foregone conclusion. Oh, if, if you know there's 11 guys on offense and you know how to move the football around, you can be an offensive coordinator. That's not the case. You have to meet, you have to match the offensive coordinator with the talent. Part two of that is losing the 2006 Super Bowl. And thankfully, uh, I guess this is a two pronged problem. One, you won the Super Bowl in 85, you, you didn't go back. So you never lost one. But the losing of a Super Bowl and the impact of that on your organization, uh, the feeling of it is is significant. And, you know, we're watching that Super Bowl and, and, and watching it unfold. And it was a tremendous game. I thought it was it was an outstanding game. I know a lot of people are saying it's one of the best ever. You know, I, I've seen a lot of Super Bowls. I can't put it in that category. It was fantastic. But the loss of a Super Bowl and what it does to you as a player and eats away at you as an organization, even if you get to the NFC Championship game and lose that, the trickle-down effect of that, which you have felt is is really difficult to overcome, not only individually but as a team and an organization, Tom. Well, I, I will say losing the NFC Championship game as an active player to the San Francisco Brutal. 49ers is the most difficult actual player loss that I've ever had in my career. And But then you look at going through the loss um, and the, just the emotions that you go through after losing – uh, Super Bowl as a part of an organization, no matter what part you are, from equipment manager to broadcaster to chef to, you know, <laughs> security director. All right, Puppy Bowl, you got to tell me about it. You are the biggest dog <laughs> fan I've ever seen in my life. They are like little children for you, no question about it. You're three dogs. So tell me what you did on Super Bowl Sunday. No, I, I went down to a, a place um, on downtown Chicago. It was on Fullerton Street and... God, I, the name is skipping me, and I feel bad because it was a great place. But they had a big outdoor part, and the dogs are uh, friendly all year round to go there to the patio. But then they had a number of dogs that were up for the adoption agency, and the Bears marketing department put together an event that was surrounded by the Puppy Bowl but also had access to, you know, donating money to the the facility for adoptive pets. And uh, so it, it was really neat. Um and um, it, it was a cool location, and yeah, I brought my uh, one of my great nephews, John Henry, and we John Henry and, went. No way! Oh, he probably picked, loved it. Picked up and put it, you know, petted puppies, and you know, some of them, you know, there's sad stories behind them, but it's awesome how gracious the people are that come and adopt them. What'd you think of the game? I thought it was a good game. I thought for sure, and I, if, I'm glad I'm not a betting man because I thought <laughs> Philly was going to win the game for sure. So did I. And I was amazed of the fumble that uh, 
uh, Justin, uh, uh, Jalen had when he was switching the ball from his left hand to his right, and then when he lost control of it, how he kicked it forward, and then the game was wide open from that point on. The biggest kick in the game wasn't the miss of the first field goal. <laughs> the biggest kick in the game was the boot by Jalen Hurts that put it into a position that since or Kansas City could recover it, return it for a touchdown, and get right back in the game. Emphasizes once again because we all felt after playing them and losing 25-20 in that game at Soldier Field. And as we find out, uh, Jalen Hurts says hey, he really messed up his shoulder in that game. How difficult it is to win the bundle. Forget about all the Tom Brady New England years. They had something going on. The Steelers from the 70s, they had something unique going on. Teams that have gone back to the Super Bowl after missing maybe a couple of back-to-backs. But, boy, is it hard to win. We both felt the Eagles were the most balanced team in football. I did. You know, and going back and look at the analytics and the numbers of the 85 Bears and uh, this Philadelphia Eagles team, they were super similar. And then you just look at the numbers that stood out about their ability for their defense to get sacks, and they were held sackless. I thought the biggest telling of the game was going to be the offensive performance of the Kansas City offensive line. They were great. They, held, they were oh. great. The right tackle was awesome. And uh, so, you know, Kansas City was super creative when they got a turnover and they got down inside the red zone. Oh, my gosh. Creativity. <laughs> creativity where they had, you know, uncovered or, you know, you know, receivers going into the end zone. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this, too, the offensive line. You know, let's keep in mind, Ryan Poles, general manager of the Bears, had a lot to do with putting together that offensive line. He was yep. kind of – the guy behind it all in terms of draft and free, putting the thing, that, that thing together. And uh, I know I, I, I texted him this week about that, and he just gave a thumbs up. You know, that was an impressive performance by, you know, that defensive line. We talked about it 8-10 to 10 deep. And uh, the quick passing game of Patrick McHolmes adjusting and morphing into what you need to morph into regardless of what your capabilities and traits are as a player and as an offense and as a team. They they got rid of the ball quick and used the short passing game to their advantage. I mean, it was it was impressive, no question about it. A big reverse field uh, punt return, oh yeah, which was an amazing play. Dave I mean, yeah, you know, Dave is a, is a great coach and just some pure athleticism on display to get the ball down within the five yard line, the longest t- longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Yes, and, and that always amazes me, too, all these benchmark moments in games, the longest uh, punt return in Super Bowl history. Uh, you know, you think you've seen it all, but you never do in sports, that's for sure. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our friend Jim Miller, who was at the game. We can talk more about that. Also, a new day is dawn for the Bears franchise with its open letter announcement closing on the 326-acre Arlington Park property. We'll talk about that all coming up next with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Let's bring in Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains and also Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He is a salary cap analyst, contributor as well to OverTheCap.com, uh, a former Minnesota Vikings legal intern and Vanderbilt alum, Tulane Law, a lot on the schedule for both guys. Uh, Jim, first say hello at Super Bowl with something else. Uh, did you love it? Yeah, what, what a great week. So, Jeff, Tom, good to be with you guys. Yeah, it was a great Super Bowl, great game, and just very competitive. And uh, what can you say? Kansas City uh, got it done. They made the, they made the most plays, and certainly 
you know, everybody talked about in the trenches. You, you yep. give up no sacks against that group, whether it's footing, but both teams had to had to play in that, but they made the plays that were necessary to, to get the win and couldn't be uh, really shut out offensively that whole second half against a, a pretty good defense of Philadelphia. So uh, all the way around, a great game. All right, we will get in depth. I really want to talk about the field. I want to talk about a couple of things about the Super Bowl later in the program. But, you know, at, at the game ends, celebrate the Chiefs, but Brad Spielberger – I keep saying it over and over again. Tom and I, we've been doing this a long time. Jim's been a bear. You know, it's, it's, we have a lot of invested here. We have never seen what's about to transform uh, this franchise than here in 2023 with the salary cap space and the number one pick in the draft and what all that means. Welcome to the program. First time with us. You do a great job, but Bears fans are in a word euphoric, Brad, and should they be? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the intro, and yeah, they really should. I mean, you talk about it being historic for the Chicago Bears. It's historic for any team to have this many resources going into the offseason. Extra draft capital from the trades of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, the number one overall pick, and $94 million in cap space. They could set up the next five years, ten years of this team, uh, potentially with a big offseason. You know, Brad, I, I mentioned this to our director of research and statistics, Doug Coletti, has been with us for 36 years, a banker by trade, but he does this for fun uh, and helps us out with our stat sheets and every week in our booth. And I, I mentioned to him this week about the next ten years, and I had to reel it back a little bit because you hit the nail on the head. It's really five years. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles transforming their roster – keeping some key elements, of course, and doing it in two and a half years. Really, this league now has become the next five years. But it is. It is a keystone moment. Depending on what you get, just say, for example, you get your next great pass rusher, your next great cornerstone offensive lineman or a alpha male on that offensive line or a great corner. You know, yes, you these guys will be here possibly eight to ten years. But really, in reality – it's in the next five years, but it is transformational. Is that the range we're looking at here, this kind of offseason? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, especially in free agency, you're usually looking at, you know, three, four-year solutions at best. But then, like you said, those draft classes, maybe you do land that blue-chip player that sticks around for a very long time, hopefully playing with Justin Fields for a very, very long time. But the, the key for this offseason as well is, you know, Justin Fields going into the third year of his rookie contract can you build a contender before, hopefully, as we're all hoping, uh, you know, he gets a huge payday. So there's a short window and a long-term window in play here. You know, Brad, you look at the positions that the, the Bears need most and you look at free agency. Do you have a dedicated amount of money that you would want to spend at a certain position to consider it upgraded? Or is it kind of fly by the seat of your pants? If this guy unusually becomes available, you got to take a shot at him. Yeah, I do think it is kind of touch and go. You have to have a plan in place. If you're going to, you know, splash on a certain player, then maybe you pivot elsewhere. But, you know, one specific example, let's say Deron Payne, the interior defender in Washington, does not get franchise tagged. I unfortunately think he will. But let's say he doesn't, and all of a sudden a really, really good young player that can transform the interior of your defensive line, which, you know, I think was a bit of a weak spot for the team this past year, you kind of have to, right? You say, hey, we have all these resources available. Players like this don't really hit the market very often. And that's a guy I think is getting, you know, $20 million a year potentially, maybe even more. Um, but, you know, coming off one of the best seasons of his career, first double-digit sack season, can play nose tackle, can play three technique. You know, just a really, really good young player. Well, Brad, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Well, I'm, I'm just going to ask Brad because we've seen teams go from worst to first. Obviously, Jacksonville would be a team last year. But I want to focus on Cincinnati. 
because they were targeted. You know, they signed Trey Hedrickson. They added Mike Hilton. They drafted Jamar Chase. And here they went worst to first and went to the Super Bowl. But you can't just be some drunken sailor out there, you know, when you have $94 million. It's, it's got to be targeted, right? Maybe just touch on that of, of areas to target like Tom was, was, was talking about. No, 110%. I think my favorite thing Ryan Poles has ever said of all of his press conferences when he talks about how free agency is not how you build a roster. It's through draft and develop. Free agency is for some, you know, mid-tier signings, adding depth, adding rotational pieces. Again, anyway, if this financial situation, maybe you do make a bigger move or two, but you couldn't be more right. It's about those mid-tier deals, those mid-tier guys. That's where you typically win in free agency. You mentioned Trey Hendrickson, Mike Hilton, great examples, Von Bell, the safety for the Bengals. Yeah. And we can go on and on. Shadobia Woozy, their outside corner. None of those guys broke the bank. They were all, you know, mid-tier to upper mid-tier signings. But they make a huge impact if you then also, you know, hit on the draft and you want to save those big, big deals for your internal players that you hopefully develop into superstars. Hey, Brad, when you look at the combine coming up, so does Ryan Poles have a booth there having uh, interest from every one of the GMs in the league to, to peak their, <laughs> you know, just to peak their interest about what they think about the first pick in the draft? Or is it, is it, you know, is it, do you take a subtle approach and try to, you know, sink into the free agent market a little bit to see what veterans could come aboard uh, immediately and help your team? No, it's a great question. You should just set up shop in the middle of the place and just say, all right, everyone come in and give me your highest bid for this first overall pick. Um, that, that would be a great setup. But I do, I think this is really when conversations start about free agency. <clears throat> you, of course, you know, can't be tampering or anything like that, but you can get a feel for, maybe which players are available, how the market's going to play out, you know, you know, which players are you know, viewed as scheme fits or team fits for whatever reason, culture otherwise. Um, and you start to get a feel for you know, the market at large because even though every deal is, of course, unique and it's in its own right, you know, those things impact each other, right? If you know certain players are not, you know, not interested in going to your city or, or not interested in going to other cities and things like that, it can kind of sway the values because you get a better understanding of the entire market at large. All right, Brad, I don't know whether to ask you a question about Aaron Rodgers now or later, <laughs> but I, I think when you really you think about the money and you think about the future and you think about contracts and you think about the uncertainty of the individual himself, is that money movable or is it money that we're kind of all, you know, silly to think that he's going to be anywhere else but Green Bay? So it is movable, but I think what will be interesting there is that the trade compensation I don't think is going to be as much as people expect. Like, we're not going to see the Russell Wilson trade 2.0. I mean, the guy is owed $60 million just for next season, mm. and a new team can say, hey, we're not going to bring this guy in for maybe and maybe one year, $60 million, and then he potentially retires. Now, they can't, you know, make him sign a, hey, I promise to play two-plus years or whatever. But, right. but so that's where I think it happens. I'll say this, though. I do think Green Bay wants to move on. I think this is the offseason to do it. Because if they keep him, the financial penalty is actually worse next year to move on from him than it is this year. So I really, really do. Maybe I'm just an optimistic Bears fan. Um, I really do think he's going to be on a different team next year. Well, it's interesting because he's in the dark, and it sounded like that Bob McGinn article that came out today was in the light. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so I don't even know if Aaron knows that what's been reported, but it, it should be interesting all the way around. For the Bears, as you mentioned, having that one uh, number one overall pick for sale, you know, where does it start with quarterbacks? It could be the Texans that maybe want to trade up from two to one. You look at the Colts at four. Basically, Jim Irsay, owner of the, the Colts, came out and said, hey, they're, they're looking to develop a young quarterback. You got the Raiders at seven, the Falcons at eight. I mean, what is fruitful for the Bears if they do decide to trade down to make sure it's not 
too far down to get the guy that they want to get, you know, if it's not a quarterback that they're thinking about, obviously. Yeah, I think Colts GM Chris Ballard almost had whiplash when he was trying to look over at Ursay saying, you know, what are you talking about? Why are you giving out, you know, showing our cards? Um, you know, but I think that is the mark, right, is that you have two teams in the AFC South and the Colts and Texans, and if they both are in love with Bryce Young hypothetically, then you convince Indianapolis to jump up to one. And, of course, Chris Ballard and Ryan Poles work together in Kansas City. There's a lot of connections there, a lot of relationships. Um, and then, and then in theory, you still could get Jalen Carter from Georgia or Will Anderson from Alabama. I think that is their ideal scenario. Um, I, I know fans don't want to trade beyond. They don't want to go to seven or nine, but the Raiders or, Col- or the uh, Panthers, I, I get that. I do. You do get way more compensation, though. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a cost benefit. If you get more picks, maybe more future first-round picks, but then you do maybe miss out on some of the you know, generational prospects we're seeing in those two defenders from the SEC. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus with Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller here on Sirius, uh, excuse me, Sirius XM. Bears All Access on uh, uh, 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. Brad, you keep mentioning you're a Bears fan, so give us a little background. Your, your name is becoming quite popular right now because salary cap talk is now just like fantasy football talk. It's a big, big deal, and you are a cap specialist. What's your history here with the Bears? What's your story, and, and what years were you with the Vikings as an intern? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm born and raised from Winneka. I went to New Trier. You know, don't hold that against me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I know. Why, why would we? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, grew up on the north side, you know, born and raised. Like I said, diehard Bears fan my entire life. And then, you know, I knew I always wanted to pursue a job in sports. So when I was in law school, I went to Tulane, kind of pointedly. They have a big sports law program. And I know they're the enemy in the NFC North, but the Minnesota Vikings are a first-rate organization. And when I was there, Kevin Warren was the president, and I actually was fortunate enough to be able to work with him a couple times, go into his office and and present things to him. Um, And and I could not be more happy. Look, we're talking about spending all this money and making all these draft picks. The number one addition this offseason very well could be Kevin Warren signing on as president of this team. What would you learn about him? You know, it's funny. He's just he's this guy that has this, this gravity to him. He walks into a room, and almost the air kind of gets sucked out of the room, but in a good way. But then you, you watch him, and, and he talks to us interns, you know, us lowly legal interns, the same way he would talk to Rick Steelman. Like, he's just a very, very pragmatic and caring. And, and, and like, you know, he listens to you, and you're talking to him, and you're, in your mind you're like, this guy has a hundred things more important on his docket to get to today, but he's really engaged and cares about what everyone is talking about and everyone is saying. And I think it just goes a long way and just establishing, you know, a good culture of respect and all these things. And the last point, which I'm sure George McCaskey loves, um, when he got to Minnesota, they were 31st in revenue. When he left, they were in the top 10. So he, he runs a good business. He knows what he's doing. Hey, Brad, uh, when you start looking at some teams around the league that may be in uh, salary cap or dead money hell, is there any uh, a team out there that may be able to match up with the Bears because of it? Either it's a player that they're going to get rid of because they're paying too much or they just can't afford. That's a, Yeah, there's a couple. I think you look around the NFL. It depends maybe what players the Bears, you know, position-wise, they want to go after. But, you know, you've seen and mentioned Keenan Allen, the wide receiver with the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm sure they'll approach him about a pay cut, and maybe he's unwilling to do so. Um, we saw today Aaron Jones obviously taking the pay cut. Maybe a different running back, you know, says no to that proposition, and the Bears can add a, you know, a, a cap casualty running back on the market. Um, and then a couple other ones, you know, I think Russell Gage with Tampa Bay Buccaneers maybe gets let go. They're left tackle Donovan Smith. I'm a big Braxton Jones guy, but hey, if a, you know, really good left tackle comes on the market, maybe you take a look there. 
Um, those are some names I'm keeping an eye on. Um, guys that you know, the Bears probably could use if they, you know, if they do come available. Well, could you could you really clear up, Brad? People hear so much about dead cap, and the Bears took you know a big hit last year. Dead cap. They basically wanted to clear out the credit card. Atlanta has elected to go that route as well, where they cleared the the credit card out because a lot of these teams. They're kind of kicking the can down the road, and the Bears elected to take that hit. And why they have put themselves in the position to have the most salary cap space of any team in the NFL? Yep. So you know that I always like to use the expression "the credit card," right? So you basically you can spend more cash in a given year than the salary cap in that year. But what you're doing is you're pushing cap hits down the road. And like you said, then we're seeing you know Khalil Mack set the record for the mo- the largest mm-hmm. cap hit for a non-quarterback. Um, or a defensive player, I should say, the largest cabinet for a defensive player to not play on a team. You know, that was a record he set last year. So I think it was smart of them to do, you know, just take all their lumps in last year. Don't spread it out because you can spread it over two years. I think it was smart to just, hey, let's just, let's just take the hit now, and that way we can have this flexibility going forward, and we can spend in the short term because we don't have any of this, you know, this dead weight. Um, I think it was the correct approach by Ryan Poles and the Bears. Brad, there's a uh... A big faction of fans that say, listen, hey, listen, it's not my money. I just want to spend it, right? It's fantasy football. But I, I am not a huge proponent of, of free agency. I've said it many times on every single show. I want to build through the draft. That's why I love what Ryan Poles' philosophy is and what he wants to do. But at the same time, this team has to spend a certain amount of money. You understand the cap better than most. Explain that aspect of this offseason, given the cap space of $94 million, what they have to send, uh, spend from a percentage basis or a particular dollar figure just to get yeah. through the year. Yeah, so we totally agree there, right? Like I always view it as, you know, we do research on these things and, the, and the, the, what happens when you spend at certain positions and how big you spend. I like to say you should go after non-premium positions because you should be drafting, you know, edge defenders and tackles and quarterbacks and wide receivers, then, the, you know, go after centers and, and line, off-ball linebackers and, and safeties and things like that in free agency. But there is a, actually a cash spending minimum, and so it's tied to the salary cap. But from 2021 to 2023, for every team, they have to spend at least 90% of the cumulative three-year salary cap. So the Bears were way below this past year and they were a little bit below in 2021 so they kind of have to spend to a degree this offseason again you don't have to make these splash moves and go make the biggest free agent acquisition around but they are going to be i'll tell you right now one of the biggest spenders one of the most active teams in free agency but of course you can also you know extend guys like cole Komet, darnell mooney that that of course counts in the, in the cash expenditure as well Hey, Brad, when you think about the future of the quarterback position here and you think about the decision the Eagles are going to have to make with Jalen Hurst, is this a template that the Bears are most likely going to have to follow with accordingly if Justin has the success that Jalen has had? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it league-wide. Yeah, these teams are going to go all in and and maybe trade picks. And we saw, honestly, with with the Chicago Bears where when you have the rookie contract quarterback that you believe in, that's when you can make these splash moves and spend elsewhere and then when you have to start paying that guy, you know, $45, $50 million a year, you see like with the Kansas City Chiefs where they trade away Tyreek Hill. Look, could they have afforded it? Yes. But the Chiefs were 20th in cash spending this year and just won the Super Bowl. I mean, they should, they should terrify teams across the league because, you know, as they said at their parade, this is a rebuilding year for them. But, yeah, kind of everything follows from the quarterback. I think the Bears will spend this offseason around Justin Fields because if he has the year we're all hoping for, he's going to be looking at that, that monster price tag as well. 
and that's my final question is, is do you stick to one side of the ball? Free agents say on offense, we've seen do use this team, other teams use this template. They'll draft one side of the ball, i.e. defense, and bring in a lot of veteran free agents on the offense uh, to really supplement, say, a young quarterback like a Justin Fields. It's an interesting point. I think they could to a degree. I think they also realized last year that drafting defense, I don't know if this was their thought, but we've done some work in the past on a lot of defensive players can take longer to impact your team in the win-loss column. And so if you draft a lot of defense early on in a rebuild, like they obviously did, um, and then you kind of pivot to you know drafting some impact offensive playmakers, like all these wide receivers we've seen come in and be immediately very, very important to their offense, and then pivot to, yeah, getting some short-term answers on defense in free agency. That's how I would do it this offseason, and I do think they might do it, you know, to a degree, focus their, their resources in that capacity. Most significant offseason for the Bears, I don't know since when. I mean, my goodness. Brad Spielberger, we'd like to have you on again as this unfolds. Outstanding insight. Love how you look at the game. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks Thank for you so much. Us. I'd love to. Yep. Thanks, Brad Spielberger Thanks, from Brad. Pro Football Focus. Well, Continue on with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, the former Chicago Bears quarterback, uh, John Hoke. I did a sit-down interview with John uh, yesterday up at Alice Hall. We'll hear that coming up shortly. But, uh, Jim, loved what Brad Spielberger had to say. <laughs> loved the fact he's a Bears fan. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he does a great job at Pro Football Focus. Uh, but the fact that continues to get uh, emphasized here is the Bears do have to spend a certain amount of money. And I, I think that's significant. And Tom, in the break, and I, he and I were talking about where you want to spend your money. And I, I said earlier on this program, uh, weeks ago, I'd like to invest in the offensive line through the draft and invest in free agency on the defensive line. But if there's an alpha offensive lineman out there, I don't care if it's outside or inside, interior offensive lineman or, or a tackle, then I, I, if it's possible, and those guys are rare, they don't come around much, I'd like to get that too. So I, it's, it's, it's shopping. It's a shopping spree. This is what's coming up. Shopping through the draft and shopping through free agency. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. It's got to be targeted, and certainly you don't want to overspend. But let, let's be honest. You don't get fired for spending money. You get fired for losing. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So right. that's the reality of it. But you got to be targeted. you got to be smart. And I think they will. I think they'll be fiscally uh, responsible because, you know, that's why I used uh, and asked Brad about the, the Bengals because they were really targeted. I mean, look how good Trey Hendricks has been for them. And Mike Hilton, who was in division, they didn't have to break the bank. And he mentioned Von Bell. There was another guy, big playmaker, right? He had the, the big interception in the championship game for, for – uh, uh, for Cincinnati to make it to the Super Bowl. And so if you're targeted and you can you can build your team with mid-level players that are that are ascending, that are still young, that are, you know, going in the right direction and then uh, you know, find, sign them for modest money and not have to break the bank, but yet are going to impact your team in the right way, but it's got to be everything else that we talked about. Character-wise, do they fit in the building? You know, how are they as, as teammates? It's it's a certain guy, a certain individual you're you're going out there to, uh, to get that really is going to be a fit of what Matt Eberflus envisions and what Ryan Eberflus envisions of the type of guys that they believe can can win. But uh, certainly, there's only so much pie, piece of the pie that can go around. You know, I, I think one thing about the Bears. 
fortunately, unfortunately, on defense, they're in such desperate need of personnel at any position that if they went out and they identified the most alpha-ish type of player out there on the free agent market on the defensive side of the ball, could you go out and and set your sights on that guy? And, you know, I, I remember when Reggie White was a free agent or Wilbur Marshall became a free agent, and there's periods of times throughout NFL history where there was a star quality guy that just became unaffordable to the team they were playing for. And you had to go out and you had to, man, come in here and bring this guy in with all the fanfare possible. And then you see what ended up happening to Reggie and Wilbur and guys like that. So are, is there a player position out there, no matter first, second, or third level, that can come in here and want the pressure of being brought in as a high-priced free agent and be responsible for changing the attitude inside the locker room and the results on the field. And I'll I'll amplify that a little bit, Jim. I I don't want I want young guys. Yep. I, I so you know we're talking about 25, 26, 27. I don't I don't want the thirty somethings. No don't no disrespect. Certain situations <laughs> command the 30-somethings, right? When you're right. ready to win a Super Bowl, you go and get Simeon Rice in, in Tampa Bay, or you go and get you know, a player that we've seen, like Von Miller, you trade for him, or whatever the case may I, I this, this was a young team that got a lot of snaps out of rookies, and they're developing, and I just want to yeah. – this is my hope, is they continue to build it the way that you would – envision a perfect scenario because they nearly have a perfect scenario in this in this current situation would you, you know, agree I, yeah i think you're right i think you want to you want to diagnose the guys that are on this side of 30 you know the 26 27 year old guys that are just coming out of their their first contract and are moving on and testing the uh, the free agent waters that they're going to dive into because the bears want to build a nucleus here they want a strong young uh, football team that will carry them moving forward um, you know, it's you know, it's funny because Pat brought Pat Kerwin, my partner on Sirius, brought this up. He, when he was with the Jets, he had the opportunity to sign Reggie White. He said, but uh, you know, the problem with the Jets is getting them in the building. Mm-hmm. We needed to get the players. Like right now, Derek Carr is there in New York, and they like don't, this minute. Yeah, like this minute. <laughs> so the Jets don't want to let him out of the building. And Pat said, you know, our problem was we weren't you know, a high, pri- uh, high free agency destination when you look at the Jets. and But just to get the guy in the building was a big thing. But for Reggie, he did want to move on. He said, Pat knew it. He was trying to get the deal done. He has his agent there uh, with him, and it's kind of the uh, the Moby Dick that got away. He said hmm. once he left that building, Pat goes, we, not, we got no shot. Because once he went to Green Bay, they threw everything at him, and Pat, and it was over. And But the Jets were right there you know, trying to get the deal done. And that's typically what happens. You don't want to let the guy move on to another destination. You better fly him in a private plane then because you want to be in control of it. every exit possible. Well, we, that's why they call him the Reverend. It's called In God We Trust. That's why he signed in uh, Green Bay. Uh, you're exactly right. All right we're going we're gonna to take a break. Coming up next, uh, my conversation with New Bears cornerback coach and passing game coordinator, John Hoke. It's all next here on Bears All Access with Adam Stadzinski, our producer from the Score Studios. With Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it. 
Uh, he is back with the Bears earlier this week. Sat down with my old friend and Bears secondary coach, John Hoke. His third stint with the organization. He was a Bear in 1980. Much more to discuss. Here we go. I guess once a Bear, always a Bear. Because as people may or may not know, because you've been gone for a bit here, this all started in 1980 when you became a Bear with Walter Payton and yep. Dan Hampton and the great Alan Page. Uh, how's it feel? It's great. Uh, it's really been, uh, I, I've, I've been blessed through my whole career. Uh, actually, to play here back, you know, as brief as it was, but to be here and get the, a feel for the tradition and then uh, get to coach here with some of the players that were on the team at that time, special memories, uh, special coaches, and then to be able to come back uh, again at this point in my career uh, with this coaching staff and the ownership, obviously, and, and Ryan Poles, it, it's, it's really special to me and to my family. 2009 to 2014 here with the Bears secondary coach. And I, the first thing that pops in my head, because it didn't happen very often, it doesn't happen very often in the NFL, that 2013 season, Peanut Tillman, Tim Jennings, starting pro bowlers for the NFC, coached by John Hope. Those are great memories even then. Yes, oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the great thing about those two guys, they pushed each other. And, of course, Charles was a uh, – he was a uh, uh, he was a force uh, to be you know he 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 pushed it and uh, Tim you know Tim wanted to be he did not want to be left behind so uh, you know they pushed each other it was pretty cool competition yeah and to this day you're tight with both yeah yeah it's it's been uh, it's been pretty neat so I was in Atlanta obviously before I got here and it was my first year and we were kind of an up and down team and DBs were playing okay so I'm in New Orleans. And uh, I'm going out to dinner because we had had our meetings and everything. And I'm going to grab some oysters uh, at dinner. And I get a text. And the text says, hey, uh, do you get up early tomorrow? I want to be at the game. And it's Charles. And I, quit, I, I text him back, are you in New Orleans? And he goes, yeah, I am in New Orleans. I'm here for... Um, there was a safety that was being inducted into the Ring of Honor there at New Orleans, and he was there to support him. So I said, yeah, I'll be up uh, 7.30. He goes, sounds good. I'll meet you in the lobby. 7.25, I get a text. I'm here. So, you know, for him to, to take the time uh, before the game that early on, on a Sunday morning, he came, uh, got him some passes to the sideline and all that, but it was awesome. And then Tim uh, lives in uh, – down uh, in the out, uh, suburb of Atlanta and Gwinnett County. And he would come to the games. This, this past season, we played the Bears. He was there and he sat with my wife and he sat with my two daughters and they had a great time. So they have both stayed in, in touch uh, more than I would ever imagine. So you're in the family of defenses that Matt Eberflus is. Yes. So it's a natural connection, but it goes deeper in that because you were born and raised in Kettering, Ohio, went yep. to Ball State. You're a mad guy. He was Toledo. Obviously played at Toledo, yep. but you guys also both coached at Missouri. There's connections to Gary Pinkle. I mean, is that the relationship quotient to this whole thing, or does it go deeper than that? That's part of it, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, him being in the same system, him working with Rod. Uh, my uh, brother Marinelli, my yeah. brother coached him uh, at Toledo for one year. Brady. Yep. Oh, wow. Now that's interesting. Yes. So uh, we have deep connections, and then obviously – through Coach Marinelli and just the systems and uh, belief system and how you play defense and how it, what it takes, the standard, what it needs to be. 
to be great. And uh, we've all gone, from, uh, him and I have learned it the same way, and so we have a lot of similar beliefs for sure. So it happened quickly, boom, cornerback coach, passing game coordinator. Mm -hmm. It's a, a kind of a phase uh, in this era of football to have on both sides. You know, you could have an offensive coordinator, but you could also have a run game coordinator. Yes. Yep. Uh, how, how does that look for the Bears in 2023? Well, right now I'm just kind of learning and, and, and getting to know who the players are, watching them on video. Uh, we're going through cut-ups right now. Uh, the defensive staff, Coach Williams and those guys, they do a great job of taking me through it, explaining what they're trying to get done, how we want to uh, technique this certain coverage or that. So uh, I'm excited about it, and it's been a good experience so far. Matt Eberflus has a very specific set of guidelines, and he stays within those rails about what he wants in a player. And knowing you and how you coach, you fit right into that. Uh, yep. What was that conversation like when you guys uh, interviewed and spoke and, and also with Alan Williams? Well, it was, you know, and Alan has been a little bit, uh, has that background yeah, as well. Sure. And so it's, those are easy conversations because it's about, you know, uh, assignment, alignment, technique, and key. And those four things will drive every player on defense. And I believe that uh, when it was taught to me here, and I still believe it to this day. Those four things drive every player. And when you get those and your players are able to execute and understand those four things, it goes a long way. Also the toughness aspect of it, because you, you coach hard. You coach hard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And coaching hard, and it's never personal, but all we're trying to do is make them the best. It's my responsibility to make them, him or whoever, the best player they can be. So what you've already watched on tape, the, there's a four-pack of guys right now that really get everybody's attention, and that, it includes Kyler Gordon, mm -hmm. Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, and Jalen Johnson, these yep. four players. Uh, what have you seen on tape that sticks out to you? And three of the five leading tacklers for this team last season were defensive backs. Yeah, well, a little bit of that, too, is uh, the evolution of offenses. Um, they're more perimeter stuff. Ball gets on the edge sometimes quicker. Uh, but they all have good skill sets. They all have uh, unique skill sets. Uh, Eddie, you can tell he's a veteran player. Understand the game is slowed down for him. Uh, from what I remember when he first came into the league, Jalen, you can see his growth process through this. Kyler, it was fun to watch him just because I did him in Atlanta last year coming out uh, for the draft. And uh, he's exceeded, uh, you know, for, for him to play outside and inside as a rookie. That's, that's a difficult task, and, uh, you know, you saw him grow every game. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, it's pretty encouraging. And then with uh, Brisker, I did him also coming out. I knew he was physical, all that. And then we happened to play uh, the Bears uh, in Atlanta. I had no idea how long he was, how big he was. And uh, he is a presence on the field, and he's got a, a bright future ahead of him as well. Yeah, you know, the combination of those guys and just the, the Gordon uh, – aspect of it to go to that nickel spot as a rookie. We didn't play it that much at University of Washington. Right. Uh, we both know that's one of the more challenging positions on either side of the ball in this league. So yes. many responsibilities and you got to be a willing tackler, which he was. Yep. But then to kick outside and it kind of just kind of took a deep breath and hey, you know what? I'm around the ball a lot more. So the ball hawking aspect of it, that's that's what this organization wants. That's what this franchise wants. That's yes. what Ederflus wants. Uh, just to hit the ground floor running like that, how much progress do you anticipate from these two young guys? Oh, they'll grow. You know, the, the biggest growth jump, uh, you know, you'd like to see and you usually do see is between their first year and their second year. You know, they're just trying to catch their breath. 
I mean, it's, it's getting ready for the combine. It's headed into the draft. Then you're headed into minicamp. Then you're headed into OTAs. And then you're, you know, a brief break and, and you train. And then you're headed into a training camp. And then all of a sudden it's preseason. All of a sudden it's real ball. And it, it just goes. And so this will be their first time where they're not preparing right now for a combine. They're not, you know, they got a chance to take a deep breath, uh, get their bodies back to where they need to be, get their brains back to where they need to be. And so you'll see growth because they have a chance to hit reset, refresh themselves, and then get ready to go again. Brisker's a heck of a blitzer, and he has been all the way back to high school, yep. Lackawanna Junior College. And, you know, from our conversations over the years, I don't care what coach is sitting in, I love the corner blitz. So, you know, hopefully you can put that in the program a little bit. <laughs> oh, they have plenty of blitzes. Uh, they do a good job here. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we did in the past, they yeah. still do because obviously uh, Matt's run this system before and he's, he's added his own twist to it. Allen's added some things and, and it's pretty fun. It's, it's neat to see. Have you evolved? from the time you got into the league with the Houston Texans when, you know, that was Dom Capers, it was an expansion franchise. Yes. As a coach, because the game has changed since then. Yeah. It's, as we can see in the Super Bowl, yep. with, the, with the kind of quarterback the Bears have, with Justin Fields, how have you adapted as a coach? Um, I've adapted because I've had to adapt. Uh, the positions had to adapt. Uh, I was fortunate. I had an experience where I was got to be the coordinator for two years at uh, the University of Maryland for Mike Loxley. What a tremendous experience that was because I really understand, I don't know if I really, but I have a better understanding of college offenses and how these quarterbacks are trained and, and what the offense is trying to do with the, with the RPO game, uh, with the zone read part of it. There's things that I didn't know when I got there that I was able to learn because uh, Coach Loxley did a great job of, of allowing me to listen to how he taught. He's a big RPO guy. So there was a lot of good things from that experience uh, that helped me grow as a coach as well. Now you're back with the Bears organization that finished 3-14 and 14 last year, but mm -hmm. they are the talk of the league right now. Number one pick, draft assets, financial assets for free agency, and a roster that is going to look vastly different than it did a year ago. It almost feels like a, another ground floor opportunity. Foundation already laid. Are you excited about that aspect of this franchise? Oh, I am. Uh, you know, I think uh, they've done a good job. They know what the culture they want. They've set the culture. Players have bought into the culture. And I just see it uh, continue to grow. All right, so exciting stuff with John Hoke, Bears' new cornerback coach and passing game coordinator. We'll get Tom and Jim's opinions on that and more as we wrap up tonight's program here on Bears All Access. It's sponsored by and brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package at Soldier Field this season with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket, pre-game hospitality, appearances from Bears legends, and more all in one place. Make the most of your game day experience at Soldier Field this season. Get your VIP fan package by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com today. 
Connie's Pizza has been Chicago's go-to pizza for over 50 years. Call 312 Connie's with pizza options including classic Chicago deep dish, stuffed, thin crust, and our original Connie's Pan Pizza. Connie's is home to Chicago's Pizza. Call 312 Connie's and visit Connie's Pizza with a whole family and big groups and visit before and after Chicago Bears games utilizing our shuttle buses to and from all home games. We're located just six minutes from the stadium and have enough parking for everyone. Connie's Pizza is your go-to pizza for Chicago pizza. Call 312 Connie's and order today. Traveling to an away game to watch the Bears win big? Get ready to celebrate. Celebrated a little too much? Time to sleep in. Slept in and gonna miss that flight home? Time to change your flight without paying change fees thanks to United. So, when will you worry about getting back? Tomorrow? Maybe? United, proud to fly the Chicago Bears. Does not include basic economy unless a United waiver applies. Exceptions apply for certain international flights. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. It's game time, but before Terry can enjoy his broad, he's got one last thing to digest, an impending work deadline. Luckily, CDW helps Terry and his team make big plays from anywhere, even the tailgate, by pre-configuring Lenovo ThinkPads with the Intel Evo platform. With business class performance and effortless connectivity, Terry tosses over the files, and she's got them. Lenovo makes seamless productivity possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. CDW, official technology solutions advisor of the Chicago Bears. Conagall Bears fans get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears Legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Final two minutes. This is the wrap session, buddy. Here we go. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. First of all, John Hoke. Glad to have him back, Big Jim. Yeah, great coach. He's been around for a long time. A ton of experience. And like you said, recently with the college game and how this RPO game unfolds, he mentioned like Mike Loxley there at the University of Maryland. So he's tuned in. You know, he's tuned in. And I thought even last year, you go look at what Atlanta did defensively because they had, again, they were salary cap strapped, much like the Bears. They haven't been able to really spend and how they had to generate pass rush and do the things that they did. And they've got some young secondary players that are really coming on strong. Uh, when you look at Allen, uh, who I think is just, or Terrell, excuse me, who's just going to be a terrific corner when it's all said and done. You know, I like John Hoke because I don't want some of these young guys to think that the game has come easy to them. He's a no-nonsense coach and he has high expectations for the physical contribution of the position. So that's why I'm excited about John. One minute to go. From a franchise perspective, much more must fall into place, Tom, but the announcement on the 326-acre Arlington Park property closing, still a lot to – doesn't mean they're going to develop it, but they own it now. Here we go. Hey, it's it's exciting. So the the Bears and the the Chicago Bears, you know, get involved in the stadium mix like we've grown to appreciate around the league, uh, league wide. All right, uh, Jim. Uh, we go back to the Super Bowl. The turf can that ever be fixed once and for all? Well, I, I just go back. You know, they basically roll that out. Uh, you know, because it's an open door stadium when they open the thing. But that turf is outside. They water it and do all the things, and then they roll it uh, back in. And that's what the players said. It was like uh, it was like playing in a water park. 
You know, mm. so it, it, it wasn't dried up uh, enough. So it, and what do we say? It slows down pass rush. Well, it slowed down Philly. Let's put it that way. Zero sacks given up by the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Line. Tom shaking his head because cleats make a difference. Stay on your feet, right? That's right. Stay on, <laughs> keep, keep your feet under your body. That's top there. Jim, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks to Adam Szynski. Also to our guest, John Hoke. And also uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Have a great night, everybody. Stick here at the score. More coming up. This has been Bears All Access. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.